This is a CNIB Foundation podcast. Welcome to the Empower Play podcast, where we share stories of individuals leading an active and healthy lifestyle, stepping outside their comfort zone to take on new challenges, all in the pursuit of leading their best lives. And the cool thing is, you can do it too. I am your host, Ryan Vamprate. Let's get going. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Empower Play Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Vamprate. And for those that are new, welcome. Uh, I am the program lead for partnerships, recreation, and sport within the CNIB Foundation, Ontario West region. Uh, A really long way of basically saying I am the guy in charge of sports and recreation in part of the Ontario West region. I have a wonderful colleague named Ruth who helps split the region with me. Uh, And our job essentially is to use sport and recreation as a bit of a catalyst to really uh, help motivate and empower and inspire people to, uh, you know, get out, be active, be healthy, but also integrate in their community, uh, take part in all the things that the world has to offer and, you know, let us help you find a way to get it done. So I'm a big believer of, um, you know, there's a can-do attitude and that, you know, persons with vision loss can, can essentially accomplish whatever they want. And Part of that is the motivation for Empower Play program. Part of that is the motivation for this podcast. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit uh, here in a minute. But ideally, Empower Play is sort of two-facet. One, we want to use stories of individuals who are currently out there leading active and healthy lifestyles, who are doing things that are just stepping a little bit outside of their comfort zone and taking on those new challenges, doing those things that maybe are a little bit scary, but you know, just on the other side of that scary, uh, they accomplish some pretty great things, things that they maybe never thought were possible. And really, we use those stories then to empower others to get out and be active and play and experience life and just thrive. Um, Here at the CNIB Foundation, we have all sorts of programs to help you thrive and not just survive. And I think that's a a key in anybody's life, um, regardless of ability or or, you know, challenge, you know, you need to get out there and, um, yeah, just take life by the horns and live, live your best life. And that's what we're aiming to do. You know, and I wanted to give a bit of context about who I am and why, you know, I'm so passionate about this and why, you know, I I really wanted to create this Empower Play podcast and and the program in general, um, which is, you know, finding a way to share stories through podcasts, through videos um, of people doing you know, what some may think are kind of crazy and scary things, but ultimately they're accomplishments that that come from dedication, come from hard work, and come from a person's passion. And and really that's why I say at the beginning, you, you can do it too. Uh, it's just finding what you're passionate about and, and really instilling that that appropriate mindset. So, you know, the, the main catalyst or one of the really big catalysts for starting the, the Empower Play is, is a comment I always would get when people would hear about sort of the things that I've done um, athletically. And we'll get into that here in a second. But a lot of people would say, well, Ryan, 
you know, I can't do that. That's easy for you to say, you know, you're naturally gifted, you've got lots of luck, etc., etc. And maybe I've had a little bit of luck. I'm certainly not naturally gifted. Uh, and I believe that it's, you know, not something that I am unique to. I think, um, you know, what I've done in my lifestyle, lifetime is certainly, uh, again, a product of, um, you know, hard work, a product of a can-do attitude. And it certainly um, motivates me to share with everybody here, you know, to find their own potential. Uh, because I believe in the human spirit. I believe in that human potential. And I, I think especially in the low vision community where, you know, we, we are faced every day with, with various obstacles that, that challenge us, that frustrate us. It's really easy just to get down and, and to look at the reasons why, you know, we can't accomplish these great things. And so it's all about sharing stories of people that have and are currently accomplishing really neat things and, and showing you a bit of a pathway to do the same thing in your life. So a bit about me, uh, a bit about why, um, hopefully you'll, you'll listen to these podcasts and, and, and uh, get something out of it is, is this podcast isn't about me specifically, but um, I think it's about passion and about following what you're passionate about and, and, and following a can-do attitude. So I grew up in, and I actually currently live in, uh, Chatham, Ontario, which is about halfway between London and Windsor, Ontario, way in the southwest. Um, it's it's a rural farming community, and I grew up on on a farm, a small farm, and I'm about 40 now. And when I was little, when I was about three or four, my parents noticed that, you know, something was really odd. I, I would always stare at the lights and I thought, well, okay, that's kind of different. So eventually they, they got me checked out with an eye specialist. And I believe uh, I went to a specialist in London at some point. And when I was about three or four, uh, they diagnosed me with RP, so retinitis pigmentosa. And of course, my parents, they didn't know what that was. Um, they had learned at that time then that, um, you know, by the time I was in my early to mid 40s, I could be completely blind. Um, and just for point of reference, I'm 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 pretty visually impaired. I've got uh, some central vision left, uh, you know, a few degrees central vision. But uh, yeah, I use a guide dog, and and uh, but that's I digress. We can chat about that another day. But essentially, yeah, you know, I'm I'm certainly see a lot lot less than I did when I was younger, and and I'm still on that degenerative path that retinitis pigmentosa presents. Um, but at the time, my parents were really presented with a couple options, and really, there were really two options. Um, one was, um, you know, just keep the status quo, send me to grade school, um, just kind of stay on that path and get assistance as needed. Uh, or the other one was to to send me off to, um, you know, W. Ross McDonald. Uh, and I think they chose at the time that W. Ross wasn't necessarily the best fit for me because I had um, quite a bit of workable, usable vision. You know, with RP, I was mostly just night blind at that time. Uh, and so we took the route of um, just chug away as normal. And I like to joke that um, also they didn't want to get rid of free free farm labor because we grew up on that farm and they really wanted to, um, you know, all hands on deck. And and really that was a formative time in my life because um, yeah, I learned very early on that, you know, my parents weren't going to treat me any differently. They were going to say, you, you can do it. Uh, we understand that it might be a little more difficult for you. Uh, it might take you a little more time to do, but you can do it. And if it's difficult, you know, find a way. Um, you know, they would never put me in harm's way, but they certainly wanted me to instill that sense of persistence and and perseverance and, and problem solving and can do attitude. So looking at how I can do something rather than looking at it and saying, well, I can't. 
um, that really wasn't um, wasn't something that that went over very well in our household. So from very early on, that was kind of instilled in me, and you know that that plays into sort of the path um, I've been on my whole life up until this point. And part of what I wanted to share with you. So, you know, I went to regular, I guess, grade school, like it was Catholic school, went through uh, high school and up into university. And, and uh, I guess academic wise, my, my pathway was pretty, pretty mundane, um, you know, went through the regular sort of academic stuff and found my way into university where I uh, took kinesiology and became a registered kinesiologist. So that's sort of the science of the human body in motion. Um, I just loved, you know, activity. I loved the human body and the things the human body were capable of, um, the structure of it, how it moved. It was just fascinating with me. Um, when I came out of university, I started working at our local hospital in the cardiac rehabilitation program. So essentially you took people who had had heart attacks, um, and were very fragile, um, both physically and, and mentally because, you know, they're super scared and, and feeling very weak and vulnerable. And as an early, very, you know, young adolescent, you know, 21, 22 years old, um, I learned really quickly uh, how to engage with, um, you know, a population that was, you know, 60, 70 years older than me. Um, you know, they have different life uh, um, experiences, they have different perspectives. And it, it really taught me to listen, it taught me to be more empathetic, uh, taught me to be patient, and it taught me still to problem solve, because a lot of them would still come in with reasons why they could not. And my job was to, again, problem solve and find different ways to explain to them the reasons why they can. And I always said that I was the king of analogies. I always, I always prided myself on finding a way, a different way to explain it. Um, sometimes it becomes a bit redundant and I repeat myself, but oftentimes I think there was value in it. If somebody didn't understand once, I would find a different way to explain it to them. And that carried on into the other parts of my career, uh, working with pre-diabetics, so people who, um, you know, needed some lifestyle change in order to avoid getting type 2 diabetes. And again, they came in with their various reasons. And I, I say reasons, I don't like to say excuses, uh, various reasons why they believe they could not um, change their lifestyle and, and, and head on to a more um, healthful path. But again, that was my job, was to find a different way to educate them and to uh, empathize with them, but not necessarily sympathize with them. So I, I, I wanted to empathize and put myself in their shoes, but really still motivate them and say, look, you, you can do it. And, and we're not going to sit here and, and have a pity party about it. And so uh, I think um, many people appreciated that. And um, it's that fine balance that I learned and, and it really carried on to kind of what I, what I do now. Um, through a lot of other, you know, little career changes, I found my way to the CNIB Foundation earlier this year. And really that's what my job is now is to, is to find a way, is to take individuals who maybe in their life haven't had um, as much of a positive voice saying you can do this or have tried things and maybe they haven't worked out right away and, and you know, frustration maybe has taken hold. And so um, I'm here to sort of stand side by side with, with our, you know, our clients, our participants and say we can figure this out together and help educate them to to find a way to, to accomplish the things that they want to accomplish and really um, eliminate that, that any possible attitude of I can't um, and really get them to think first and foremost of if there is an obstacle in my path, how can I overcome? And I like to say obstacle rather than barrier, um, that another debate for another day, but essentially I think obstacles are there to maybe frustrate us and maybe impede our progress, but I don't think they're necessarily always barriers that are meant to completely stop us in our tracks. And I think if we look at them as that way, if we look at them as just things that we, we can 
navigate around. Um, it gives us that more positive um, approach in life. So that's kind of, you know, academically and, and career-wise how I ended up here uh, and how, you know, my my past has sort of led me to the way I think about providing programs and, and working with our CNIB clients and participants now and why I really believe that everybody's got capabilities and everybody's got a great human spirit that can accomplish things. And, and if we share these stories, we can empower each other to do pretty amazing things. On my, I guess, athletic side, the side where people often say, well, Ryan, that's easy for you to say. Um, you know, my journey started again when I was young. I played hockey uh, in, in mainstream hockey leagues. Um, I, I could see a little bit better, obviously, but still not not perfect. But I, I was out there trying and I was really small, but I was kind of like the honey badger, right? I just kind of went at it and I just kept going, going, going. And, and I never was really a great hockey player, but I I got A for effort all the time. Uh, and that, I guess, has followed me in, in life. It's just, you know, it was instilled early on on the farm that you you put your head down and you just you just go at it and you get that work done and you believe that you can. And it really worked out well. Um, you know, that was my role on whatever team I was on. And through high school, I played all the various sports. Um, it was not on a lot of different teams, but I was, believe it or not, on the high school football team. And for those that know me, that's maybe laughable because I'm, you know, 5'11", you know, pretty skinny guy uh, and not not anybody you would see as an imposable force on the football field. But again, it was a great team learning experience and, and finding your role um, and being a good teammate, which again, I think is something that really followed me um, through in life. I also started curling and I started golf when I was really young. Um, well, golf when I was really young, curling when I was in my in my teens. And then I guess roundabout way, I found a my, my current passion, which is triathlon, because I started running when I was in grade school. You got a half a day off to go run three quarters of a mile and then you sat around the rest of the day. I thought, well, that's a pretty sweet gig. And I was terrible at it. I never came in last, but I was pretty close to last most of the time, but I still enjoyed it. There was something about that solo endeavor where it was just me. It was just me and the path ahead of me and um, whatever I got out of it was what I put into it. And, and that that kind of stuck with me. And so I found out about a sport about called, I found out about a sport called triathlon, which is essentially is swim, bike, run. So you start the race, you swim a certain distance, you hop out of the water, get on your bike, and ride your bike a certain distance, and then you hop off your bike and run a certain distance to the finish line. Um, I found um, the longer distance of this type of sport called Ironman was something that I gravitated towards. It really inspired me. You know, every time I saw a video of it, I saw it wasn't about the winners who were winning. It was about the people who were just trying to finish the, this epic endeavor. And for those that don't know, an Ironman is a 3.8 kilometer swim, a 180 kilometer bike ride, and a 42.2 kilometer run, which is essentially, well, which is a marathon at the end of all of that swimming and biking. And you get 17 hours to finish it from start to finish. And I've been fortunate enough to be a seven time finisher. So I, I've finished seven and one time I was unable to finish. And that's a story for another day. Uh, lots of life lessons there. But uh, most of my Ironmans I finished in around 11 to 13 hours. So again, middle of the pack and that, but it was more about it was more about the journey. It wasn't about the speed in which you did it. It was more about like, can you do it? Can I finish this event? And that's what drew me to the sport. It was all about problem solving and perseverance. And when when you're out there all alone and your brain is telling you to stop and your body is telling you to stop, it's finding a reason to keep going and to keep keep pushing forward. And that's what I really loved about endurance sport. And, and as you hear rumbling, so 
you can tell the dog, my guide dog has no care that we're doing a podcast. So awesome. <laughs> that is Oak. And those that know Oak know he's not a quiet boy. He's pretty giant. But anyways, I digress. So yeah, I, I became an Ironman athlete and that really um, instilled so much of my life lessons um, about perseverance, about hard work, about preparation. Uh, you can't just sign up for an Ironman and just do it. Well, I mean, you can. <laughs> uh, bad idea, because you might die. Um, but Ironman is all about setting that goal, which is you know roughly a year ahead of time, and then spending that year and preparing for it. Um, because it's such a long and epic day, and it's so challenging, you learn that there is no shortcut. You can't, you can't fake your way around the course. That's often something that we say right? You have to put that work in, you have to problem solve for months and months on end. And, and it teaches you a lot about yourself, but it teaches you um, a lot about life as well. And, you know, again, being fortunate enough to be, be an Ironman athlete. And, and at one point in time, I uh, was on the Canadian National Paratriathlon team, and you learn, um, you know, a lot about teamwork in that regard. Um, one of the big things that I learned in triathlon actually came after about 10 years of racing solo, uh, I was still able to race by myself for the for for ten years because my vision wasn't bad enough. Um, but after about ten years, I started to crash my bike and noticed that you know things were not going so well. Uh, so I decided that um, you know I'm I'm going to have to retire from solo racing. I'm going to have to not ride my bike anymore because I, it's not worth dying over. Uh, and I was a newly married man, uh, and my wife I thought it's not really fair for her to um, you know to to be widowed that early on. So what I learned is, is that, um, you know, you, you again can find a way. And when many people thought I would just give up and stop racing, I decided, no, I'm going to find a way to keep doing this sport that I loved. And frankly, I wasn't very good at a lot of things, but I found that I was actually not terrible at this sport. And I thought, well, I, I can't give this up. So again, I reached out to any resources that I had in the low vision community. And at that time, there wasn't many people who raced triathlon with a vision impairment, um, you know, back in 2008, 2009. Happy to say there are lots now, are a lot more. Um, but at that time, it was a matter of just trying to figure it out and problem solve. And so I bought a tandem and had to learn, figure out how to learn to ride it. Bought some tethers, you know, to, to tether myself to my guide. Um, tried to find a guide and, and it took um, Facebook and a, and a, a friend who now is my friend uh, four hours away to raise his hand and say he'll give it a try. It was, he was a perfect stranger at the time and you know happy to say now we're best friends and we've traveled all over the world together and, and we've learned together. It was just constantly learning how do we do this safely and how do we do it effectively and quickly. And um, again, it, it, sport can teach us so much about life. Um, it, it's not about winning. You know, people say, how many races have you won? And I'll say, I've never won any. Um, you know, you've come close a couple times and you've um, all the way down to a, a DNF, a do not finish uh, in one of my Ironmans. And you learn through all these experiences. And so really that's my, I guess, um, athletic path. That's my my main passion is, is through sport. Um, and it's not about being an uber athlete. Anytime I try to get people involved, it's not about making them that uber athlete. It's about showing them that sport is something that obviously can keep you healthy from a kinesiology point of view, from a chronic disease prevention point of view. Exercise is amazing in that regard. Um, physical health, uh, mental health, but ultimately it teaches you so much about life and it teaches you so much about um, how you can take problems and you can take goals and you can work at them and achieve just amazing things. And essentially that's where 
empower play comes from. When people say, Ryan, you know, that's easy for you to say, you've had a lot of luck and you've got a lot, a lot of natural skill. I, I kind of say, well, no, not really. You know, I was just a farm boy who was taught really early on to basically stick with it, to put your head down, to get the work done um, and to find the can do attitude. And, and really that's what I try to try to instill in people. So what I want to do is sort of end off with a couple little tidbits, little life lessons, little mottos that I kind of go by. And hopefully, again, they share, they shed some wisdom and some, some pieces of advice uh, for you. Again, I, I think I'm the king of analogies. I like to find a new way to explain things to people, but I also like to use various mottos and sayings to try to remind myself of, you know, who I am and, and what my missions are. And, you know, maybe um, feel free to steal some of mine as well. But, you know, one of one of the early ones that I that I remember and, and I use all the time is your name is all that you really own, and what I mean by that is is your name your your yeah your name is your legacy. It's it's only you that has your name, your specific identity, right? Um, we can all have the same iPad and iPhones and cars and houses and whatever, but your name is 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 who you are, and and that's your story. So you know, protect that name, do all that you can to make your name um, well-known and well-respected, one with integrity and one that is full of life stories, right? I think my life so far has, has been full of life stories and, and hopefully it continues to be. Um, but when somebody looks up my name, hopefully that's what they see. And, and that's, um, and those are, those are things I can point to that came about through, um, you know, working hard and, and, and having that can-do attitude. And it's about giving back as well. So it's about, having my life experiences and helping you guys um, have similar ones as well. So the other one would be that, you know, a failure is not a failure. And that one is really, really, really important. You know, a lot of people think that, well, I don't want to try something because I might fail. And I, I'm not a big believer in that word because I think you never really fail. You're always just constantly learning. And I won't get into my, my, my one Ironman that I didn't finish, but that was a huge, huge life lesson for me. Um, and it wasn't a failure it was a total lesson in, in, you know, who I am as a person, you know, um, what's important to me. And so anytime something doesn't go well, again, look for the positive in it. Look for the reason maybe why it didn't go well and what you can tweak, you know, what's in your control and what's not in your control and what you can fix, you know, moving forward. So in the world of exercise, in the world of active living, in the world of goal setting, Everybody asks, you know, what's the secret? And I would say that consistency is the key. So being consistent is, is number one. And I always use the analogy when I was doing this in cardiac rehab about why people should exercise regularly. And I said, if you and I both went today and tried to learn, um, I don't know how to read Braille. So let's say you and I don't know how to read Braille. We go and we take one lesson today. And you go home and you practice, practice, practice for the whole week until our next lesson. And I don't at all. And then we go back to our next lesson. Who's going to be more able to continue on and progress and learn the next letter and the next step? Well, you are because you were consistent in your practice. And that's essentially, you know, um, what you want to do in exercise, what you want to do in, in any sort of lifestyle change, any sort of goal, but just in life in general, right? Um, we often, you know, might try something and it might not go well and then we stop. But when something doesn't go well, it's more of a reason to keep going and more of a reason to keep pushing and keep learning um, and keep being consistent in your effort because that's when I believe it will pay off. Um, 
let's see. And I'm reading here, so it's a beautiful, seamless blind guy trying to read <laughs> off of his phone while he's doing this. So perfect. One of the other ones um, that I like to, to think about all the time is that there is always somebody out there willing to help you if you are willing to help yourself. And I want you to sink that in for a second. There's always somebody out there willing to help you if you're willing to help yourself. And, and again, that fits within the empowerment side of things because we're out here to help motivate you, help empower you, help you feel inspired to go out and, and do new things. But it's ultimately, you have to do it. You have to put that skin in the game. You have to put that effort into it. Um, there's lots of people out there willing to help you and help you along your journey and along your path, but you have to take those steps and nobody can do them for you. So, um, you know, oftentimes it's scary and certainly it is scary, but taking those steps, um, you know, you'll find that you're going to have um, people alongside of you most steps of the way to help encourage you and to help push you. And that comes along to the last sort of tidbit um, that I really focus on is, you know, my number one, I think, secret to um, le leading an empowered life and leading a life where you feel confident to take on those new challenges and do those new scary things, especially when they're scary, is surround yourself with positive people. And now that doesn't mean surrounding yourself with people that um, only say nice things to you. Um, actually, quite the contrary. I think you need to surround yourself with people that are positive yet honest. Um, so I surround myself with people that, you know, if on the rare occasion I'm feeling a bit, you know, down in the dumps and that I can't do something, they help me turn my thoughts into possibilities rather than the impossibilities. So they help me think of reasons why I can do something. And so when I come up with, you know, a reason or an excuse, you know, I can't do that, they kind of call BS on me. <laughs> and they say, no, you you know, you absolutely can. And here's reasons why. Um, and, and there's that honesty, right? They're not going to, they're, they're empathetic. Um, and they're, they, they understand, but they all also understand my potential and, and want the best for me. And that's really, um, I guess the best way to sum up this podcast is, you know, my job here at the CNIB is to help empower all of our clients, all of our participants to lead their best lives. So hopefully I'm not the exception to the rule. I'm not the one that people look at and say, well, Ryan, you and some of these other individuals, these handful of individuals, it's only you that can accomplish these things. And absolutely not. Nope. What I want most for everybody is to, I guess, leapfrog me, is to take any lessons that I can help you with and go lead a spectacular life, go try those scary things, and you'll be amazed um, at, at, at what's on the other side. So we at the CNIB, we're here with all of our programs to help you do that. We're very excited to help you do that. And you just simply need to reach out. Reach out, let us know, ask us. Um, I love to problem solve, so come, with, come to me with a, a, a good old problem and, and we'll do our best to figure it out. But I thank you so much for listening to this um, podcast about kind of who I am and maybe why, um, you know, you can steal some of my life lessons and use them uh, for your own. And, and we together can empower each other to go live some pretty awesome and spectacular lives. So have a fantastic day, everybody. And until next time. For more CNIB Foundation podcasts, visit cnib.ca slash podcasts.